Grace Fellowship Church, this is Ryan Zellner. I'm so glad to be with you today um, in your homes or wherever you find yourself, maybe in your backyard on an iPad. Uh, but anyways, I want to share three things with you this morning. Uh, obviously, these have been turbulent times and we have been left to not gather, but I know and I've heard good word that you guys are continuing to gather via Zoom and Skype on with your home groups and your small groups. And so continue to do that. Continue to call one another, continue to encourage one another in those ways because our call to love God and love others has expanded during this time. It has not shrunk back. So I have three things for you. First thing is I want to invite you into prayer this week. We have dedicated Wednesdays as a time for prayer as a church. And so we want you to set aside a half hour, maybe skip a meal and pray. Uh, pray for our communities, pray for people that are losing their jobs, having hard times, pray for spiritual awakening for our country, pray for the world, pray for our leadership. So if you could spend a half hour in prayer on Wednesdays, that would be just amazing. The second thing is that the churches of Costa Mesa are coming together uh, to do a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer. Uh, And so you can sign up online. There's an email or a website called praycostamesa.org. And on that, you can sign up for an hour. And we're trying to fill in every hour all the way up until Easter. So please be a part of that. And the weather this week is going to be better. And so we want you outside prayer walking your communities because, as you know, we want to expand um, the way that we've taken care of one another Uh, the way that we're looking to help one another, we want to expand that to love our neighbors as well. And so I want to say thank you for all 80 plus people that have signed up online and uh, told me, hey, I want to help. Let me know a need. And so we will anticipate more needs coming up in the next couple of weeks. But uh, one thing that everybody can do is walk your neighborhood, pray, and in the email and on the website, we're going to give you a form letter that you can fill out and you can put in every uh, neighborhood box that just says, look, we're praying for you. We want to care for you any way you can. And uh, this will give you an opportunity to share Jesus with your neighbors. And so look forward to that uh, this next week. And it is good to see you at least from this side of the camera. Thanks. Hi, Grace family. So as we're settling into this different reality across the globe and hunkering down in our homes, um, we're also just aware that this is a new reality for our church family. And we've been super encouraged and grateful to hear about the ways that you guys are gathering, quote unquote, electronically and still being together. We feel like that's so important to stay connected and communicating with one another, encouraging each other, sharing the truth. Um, And we know that that's happening not just through Zoom, but also phone calls and emails and texts. And so we just encourage you guys to keep reaching out to one another and being true family in this new context that we have. And uh, we also are aware that there's lots of anxieties and frustrations and very real concerns that you guys are facing. And we've been on the phone in tears with people. And I just want to say God wants to meet us in those places. Whatever those emotions are that you have, he wants to be very present with us and meet us in those emotions. And so I just encourage you, we're going to take a little moment to just pause and think about the verse Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. I want you to just take a moment, sit with this truth. Think about what this means. 
Be still and know that I am God. Where do you need to be still? Where do you need to be aware that God is powerful and good and present with you? Be still and know that I am God. I'm just going to take a moment to pray together. Father, we pray even now that you would quiet our hearts, that you would allow us to be very present in this moment, that we could bring to you all of the emotions and uh, feelings that we have and kind of lay those before your feet, our very real concerns. And we just ask that you would take those as an offering and that we could together come before you and just ask that your spirit would move this morning, even as we're gathering in different places uh, through video at different times. Lord, we recognize that you're still deeming this as a family, that we're doing this together. And so we just ask that you would come and move and speak to our hearts. Help us to be very present in this moment in a way that only you can. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, now we're going to turn to our passage this morning, and we're actually returning to our study of the Holy Spirit. And so if you would, turn in your Bibles to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. And I'm going to read our passage this morning from the NIV. So here it is, Galatians 5, 16 through 26. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Grace family. Great to be with you. Great to be together in this different way, what I'm calling being alone together. And we're actually going to pick back up in our Holy Spirit series today. And we just had Christina read the passage that we last had read when we were all gathered together in the sanctuary. That was three weeks ago. It feels like longer than that, but uh, this is the same passage. And so we're going to pick back up in our series on the Holy Spirit. And I was just thinking this week, it's really interesting timing. And we spent the first two months of this year talking about what it means to walk in the Spirit, what it means to open ourselves to the life of God within us. And then we're hit with this global crisis that is creating all this disruption in our lives. And uh, the conversations I've been having with people have been about the fact that our illusion of control is being taken away from us. That there are things that we've been counting on, these things that just feel like guarantees in our lives that have just been washed away in the last couple of weeks. And 
Uh, some of us are having to step into situations that feel like they require more of us than we honestly have within ourselves to give. And so as I just step back and, and think about that, I just think what, what better timing actually than to continue to talk about what does it mean to, to live by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to depend on God's Spirit through this time. And I have no doubt that, that part of what God wants to do in His church through this time is to lead us into this place of deeper dependence on His Spirit and a deeper walk of faith to actually live by faith. And we talk about doing that, and now we're having to do it. And I've been just kind of processing my own response to this over the last couple of weeks and asking myself, am I, like, have I been living by faith? Have I been walking in the Spirit in this? And um, I honestly, it feels like sometimes yes, sometimes no. I, I feel like that first week was just kind of a blur. I feel like I went into scramble mode and was running on adrenaline and just doing the things that need to be done. And I think we've all had to do that. Um, but as we start to settle into this new rhythm, it feels like to me, we, we have to find a way to walk through this in a way that's sustainable for us, that we're, we really are living by faith and, and walking with God's spirit and trusting in him in a way that's life-giving, in a way that we can sustain over time. So all that to say, it feels like a great opportunity to talk about life in the Spirit. Today we're looking at this very uh, famous passage about the fruit of the Spirit, and this is getting at the heart of the Spirit's role in our lives, where He is at work in our sanctification, which just means the way that He is transforming us, He's working in us from the inside out, making us more and more like Jesus. And I want to focus us in just on those two verses, verse 22 and 23. So let me read them to you again, and you can see them on the screen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as you, as you look at that list, you know, just a couple observations. First, um, that is a description of the character qualities of Jesus, right? I mean, that is who Jesus was. A second thing is, I think in our heart of hearts, this is a description of who we all most want to be in this life, right? This is, this is the hope that we would become like this. And even this morning, it might be helpful to look at that list and identify maybe there's one that you're really longing for as we go through this crisis together. You're like, man, I, I, I wish I could grab hold of peace or I really need patience right now or whatever it is. Uh, this, this is who we long to be. And then another thought that I had this week that will be pertinent to what I want to say is this is also a description of the kind of people we really want to be around, right? I mean, you want to be around people who are like this. And this morning, the good news is the Spirit is slowly changing us into these kinds of people. That's what He's up to in our lives. And so what I want to do for the next 10 minutes is just reflect on this phrase, the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to make just two very simple points. I want to first talk about that word Spirit, and then I want to talk about that word fruit. So first, this is described as the fruit of the Spirit. And, and I was thinking this week, and this is like so basic um, that you might be like, I don't even know why you're saying this, but it actually was pretty profound for me this, this week as I thought about it, is if this is the fruit of the Spirit, 
that at the most basic reality, what we're learning is this is the kind of person the Spirit Himself is, right? Like if the fruit of the Spirit is when, when He comes into our lives, we start becoming more loving, uh, more joyful, more patient, more kind, then that must be because He Himself is that kind of person, right? He must be a really loving person. He must be a really joyful person. He must be a really non-anxious person. He must be a really kind and gentle person so that when He fills our lives, when He comes into our lives, He kind of rubs off on us, right? This is what C.S. Lewis calls, He's a good infection. We become infected with who He Himself is. So when we all know how this works, I was thinking, you know, sometimes we'll have friends over for dinner or, you know, for a fun time. And these days we're not doing that. But, um, you know, you have various friends and they, they each have their own unique qualities. And when you have a friend come over, their qualities just emerge. They kind of fill the room with who they are, right? So I have some friends who are really funny people. And when they come over, our house is filled with laughter. That's just what happens. Um, I have people who are who are kind of larger than life people in my life, and and when they come over, the, the, it's like the house is there's just this wind of energy and positivity that blows through the house. They bring who they are, and it impacts the environment. And surely that is the way it is with the spirit, because he is these things. When he's impacting our lives, we become those things too. Or let me just put it another way. I know this is so simple, but let me put it in the opposite way. It would be a really strange thing if the Spirit Himself was actually an unloving person or uh, a very critical and harsh person uh, or a, vo- a, a very somber person or a very anxious person. That that's who He is Himself. And yet somehow when He enters our lives, we magically become all the things He's not. <laughs> that would make very little sense. And I say that because I, I think for some of us, our image of God is still as a person who's not those qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. When we picture God, we don't picture a joyful person. We picture a somber person. And we don't picture a patient person. We picture someone who's, who's impatient with us. Or we don't picture someone who's gentle with us. We picture someone who can be harsh and critical. And so I just want to remind us of the really simple and really good news that in the Spirit, we have this constant companion who's just a really great person to be around. Like we have this presence with us that is a very life-giving and refreshing presence to be around. And, and who wouldn't want to be around someone who is loving and joyful and non-anxious and kind and generous? I mean, who would not want to be around someone like that? And so I just want to remind you, whatever you're going through right now, to remember this, the God of the universe has taken up residence in your life through His Holy Spirit. And His Spirit is a certain kind of person that is this list that we get in these verses. And so it's good to remember that because, right, some of you face some really tough challenges right now. Some of you tomorrow morning, you'll walk into a work context where you're overwhelmed and you're having to make really tough decisions that are impacting a lot of people. And it's great just to remember in the midst of that, you have someone who is present with you, who is joyfully and faithfully present with you. 
You know, some of you tomorrow, you have a home context. You're going you're gonna to yell at your kids three times tomorrow because uh, you're so frustrated with them. And just remember, you have the Spirit of God who is present with you, and He is very patient with you. He, he has room for your mistakes. Some of you are walking into a time of just loneliness and isolation and know that the Spirit is present with you and He has this loving and kind present with you through whatever you're going through. So I just want to encourage us just to practice the presence of God this week. This presence of a person who's just a really great person to be around. So that's the first word I wanted to talk about is the Spirit. And then the second, I want to talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And in this passage, what Paul does is he contrasts the works of the flesh or the acts of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. And that, that's an interesting contrast. He doesn't talk about the, the works of the flesh and then the works of the Spirit, but he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and by that, I, I assume what he means is these character qualities that we see listed there aren't works, meaning they're, they don't come about by our direct action and effort but they actually emerge naturally as something deeper is taking place in us. They're fruit. And that something deeper, of course, is our life in the Spirit. And the analogy that Paul is using is like a tree and it's fruit. And so I was thinking about fruit trees this week. And for me, fruit trees are Anything that bears fruit is magical to me. I think partly I grew up, we didn't have fruit trees in our yard. None of my neighbors, none of my friends had trees that had fruit in them. So I associate fruit trees with farms and vacations and countryside. And it's just a magical thing. And in five years ago, Carrie and I moved to a house with a yard that has multiple fruit trees. We have multiple citrus and we have an apple tree and an avocado tree. And it is still, after five years, it's magic to me. I mean, I we have an edible yard and it's so fun. And what's amazing is these trees just do their thing. Like every season they produce fruit and we don't know a lick about farming and gardening. I mean, we have not loved these trees well. I mean, I've a little bit of watering, maybe pruned them once, um, maybe given them fruit tree food, you know, once. And they are resilient. They just keep bearing fruit uh, every season. And as long as those branches just kind of stay connected, um, they do great. Really, the only danger in our, in our yard is kickball. Like that's, that's the danger for these trees. Every once in a while, one of the girls will get a good kick and you know a branch is in danger of being knocked off. That's really the only thing keeping them from fruit. But if, as long as the branches stay connected, they keep bearing fruit. And Paul is drawing on that analogy and he's saying that is how it is in our life with the Spirit, right? As, as we stay connected to Him, as we keep in step, there's the other metaphor, with Him, that He produces this fruit. The fruit is produced as we stay connected. Now, Jesus uses the analogy, of course, too. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I want you to stay connected. I want you to remain. I want you to abide in me. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit. If you get disconnected from me, you will bear no spiritual fruit. And so I want us to just sit with that simple metaphor of, of a tree and its fruit. And I think the right question for us in this season is this, how do we stay connected to God through this time? 
right? How do we stay connected to his spirit? And I, I think that's actually a better question than looking at this list of qualities and saying, how can I, how can I produce these qualities this week? And honestly, I think that's the temptation for us as we see this list of qualities and to kind of look at, at the list as a rule book and, and be asking ourselves, okay, love, there's first one. So, okay, how do I love today? Um, peace. Okay, how can I be? How can I not be anxious today? Uh, patience. How can I be patient with my kids? And we can just try to, you know, squeeze love and peace and patience and kindness out of ourselves. But I actually don't think that's the, the right way to approach this. I think a better, bigger question would be not how do I love today, but how do I become the kind of person for whom these qualities more naturally emerge? And if you're like me, if, if you start to ask that question, how do I become the kind of person for whom these things are, are natural, you realize pretty quickly, actually, I'm not the kind of person for whom these things naturally come. I don't have within myself the things required to make these natural. I mean, I, I can fake love. I can fake peace for a while. But, but no, I, I don't have the resources within myself to pull that off well all the time. And what that is, is recognizing that that's being poor in spirit. Recognizing, oh yeah, I'm, I'm poor in spirit. My spirit doesn't have what it takes to just naturally live this way on, it, on its own. I, I actually need, I need another spirit. I need somebody else's spirit to come in and help me. And that, of course, is that's the gospel. The gospel is that God is providing his spirit to do in us what we can't do for ourselves. Dallas Willard has this great quote that I've, I've shared with you before, but he says this. He says, the Christian life is what you do when you realize you can do nothing. And I love that. And what I think he means by that is we have to realize in the end that we cannot produce the fruit. I can't do love on my own. I can't do peace. I can't do true joy. I can't do kindness and self-control. I, I can't do those things well all the time. I can do nothing. And yet the Christian life is what you do when you realize you can do nothing. There is something I'm called to do. What is that? Well, I'm called to stay connected to the one who can do these things in and through me, right? I mean, that's the branch's role. The branch doesn't need to figure out how am I going to produce fruit this year? All the branch has to do is stay connected to the tree and it will produce fruit. So I want to leave you guys with a question this week, which is that simple question. God, how can I stay connected to you through this experience? I think that's the question we need to be asking. How can I stay connected to you? That's the most important question. And I want to acknowledge there's other questions that we're asking right now that are very practical. How do I provide for my family through this? How do I lead my company through a really hard time? How do I stay connected? How do I love the people around me well? But I think there's a question underneath that question, actually, which is, how do I stay connected with you? Because if we can do that, then I think all those other questions will take care of themselves and we'll be better poised to then actually lean into those kinds of questions. So I want to leave you that question. What would it look like for you to stay connected to God through this? And I just want to suggest the answer. Um, it's going to be a little different for all of us, but the answer is not rocket science. 
I mean, it's, it's the simple things. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus every day. Let's remind ourselves of the gospel daily. Let's fix our hearts and minds on the truths of Scripture. Let's go to the Scripture and be reminded of God's promises. Let's pray regularly. Let's be prayerful about everything we do. Let's practice gratitude daily. Let's surrender each day to the Lord. Let's invite the Lord into each day saying, God, you've got to do this work in me. I mean, these are, these are simple things. Living by faith, walking in the Spirit. So let's lean into that this week. How can we stay connected to you, Lord, throughout our week? Amen. Hey, friends. You know, as I've been reflecting on these truths of the life of the Spirit in our lives, the, the Spirit-bearing fruit in our lives, the truth that has really been striking me is that, and I think it's something that we can lose sight of, is that all this work that the Spirit of the living God is doing in our lives is not happening from some distant vantage point, but it's happening as the Spirit of Christ is living within us. And this was really the great truth that Jesus was trying to explain to his disciples when they were so bummed that, they were, uh, that he would be leaving them. And in John 14, Jesus explains to them that the Holy Spirit will come and lead them into all truth. And he said, this Spirit will be in you. I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. And that's an amazing truth to cling to. And it's a truth that I think that we need to be particularly mindful of as we go through these turbulent and disruptive times. You know, for me, this week has been really interesting uh, and challenging as I've experienced and just observed the various and diverse realities and circumstances that many of you are facing right now. You know, for some of you, this crisis has afforded you the opportunity for some really sweet and life-giving experiences. A, a slowed-down life, a less cluttered schedule, an unhurried pace, enjoying walks on the beach and special times with your family, enjoying the beauty of God's creation and, and just a simpler way of life. For some of you, it's been this oddly wonderful, even romanticized season uh, while all this chaos is going on all around you. And yet, I know others of you are facing some very harsh realities that are really threatening your sense of well-being. Some of you have lost your job. Uh, for some, your sources of income have, have come to a screeching halt. Uh, some of you are seriously concerned that the business that you've worked so hard to build for all these years not, may not be able to survive this, this shutdown. Others are worried you won't be able to pay your rent or mortgage if this lasts much longer. And still others of you are living in fear of getting infected with this virus and, and struggling with the isolation that you are having to abide by. Wherever you find yourself, remember that the Spirit of God is with you in this. He's at work within you because He is also living within you, bearing fruit in you. Now, I was thinking about some of the fruits of the Spirit and that if we don't contextualize them appropriately, they're just nice-sounding words, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. 
But when you think about them in the context which they might be expressed, they take on a very different shape. Take, for instance, the fruit of joy. James 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. The context for joy in this case is when trouble comes your way. Or how about the fruit of patience? Patience is the capacity to bear pain or trials without complaint or losing one's temper. But patience is only a thing. It's only a, a, a noble character in the context of you actually having to bear with something. Or how about the fruit of love? 1 Corinthians 13 describes love as being patient and not irritable, not demanding its own way, never giving up, something that's hopeful and enduring through every circumstance. But again, the context where real love shows up is often in the midst of challenge. In other words, these fruits of the Spirit don't just show up in our lives in a vacuum. They reveal themselves when we're up against something. So whatever your circumstances are, God is at work. If you are experiencing peace and the blessings of God through simple, life-giving moments, be grateful that God is reminding you that the over-programmed, over-scheduled, frantic lives that we may have led before all this are no match for the simple gifts and graces of God. And if you are getting pressed in at this time and are concerned about where this will all lead, remember God is at work within you. And He's interested in doing deep work within you. And He's there to bear real fruit in your lives. Fruit that might not come in any other way, making you more like Christ in the process. God is with us and the Spirit is within us. And he is always up to something good. So let's relish this truth as we worship together in song. Uh, well, shoot, we actually are six feet apart from each other this week. Uh, but wherever each one of us is in this uh, time, from uh, brazenly denying state and federal mandates to living in fear of every air particle that crosses over the threshold of our homes, like this guy, God is with us. Mm. Uh, no matter what is going on, when times are uncertain, he is the same God as he is, when we're foolish to believe that times are otherwise. So let's raise our voices together. Let's sing together again here in our living rooms or wherever you are, mm. the same way we did last week. Uh, to the God that doesn't change, to the God whose shadow doesn't turn. Uh, and we'll lift our voices to this God who is more powerful than any pandemic in the information age could ever be. So we praise you. We thank you, God. Uh, in this time of uncertainty, we raise our voices to you with strength and power as a community. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing Be Thou My Vision a couple of verses. Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Thou my 
house of God forever. In the house of God forever. In the house of God forever. Instrument. Sing 
children, sons and daughters of the King Jesus. Bless us during this time and make us listeners for your words. Bring us closer to you, God, draw out the fruits of the Spirit so that that would be a blessing to the people around us and the people of this world who need it so desperately, and we do too. So bless us as we do that in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you the next time. We love you and we miss you. Take care, everybody. So we hope that this has been an encouraging time for you this morning. And we would now encourage you just to take some time discussing this together. Uh, We've provided some discussion questions. So if you're with family or with a friend or even by yourself, these are great questions just to reflect on and spend some time praying as well. And let us leave you with this benediction. This is from Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. May the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Amen. Amen.